0: Ash, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I am rapt to have you here to chat about all the things about your
1: life and your journey. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm very busy at the moment, but oh, I'm yes. thriving and really, really loving life. I'm doing really well. Oh, thank I'm you so, so much for having me. <laughs> nice
0: to, to chat to you again and see your beautiful face. Oh, straight back at you. I am really, really excited to just essentially facilitate this conversation to bring conscious awareness to things and processes that have gone on in, in your life um, because I do believe that you empower so many women with with your growth and with your transformation so we're going to dive into that in a little bit but before we do I want to kick start with some fire questions just to help the listeners get to know you a little more so you're not allowed to think about it you just got to answer straight off the bat okay, <laughs> okay. Right, hit me. favorite tv series
1: Ooh. oh it's gotta be supernatural
0: oh i love that show dean or sam uh, oh
1: dean give me some dean
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome in the show he's awesome love that show i have literally never spoken uh, to someone that has said supernatural is their answer in my whole life that's amazing uh, love that show uh, sunrise or sunset oh sunrise oh me too
1: coffee of choice I hate coffee. I hate the smell of it. I hate coffee. My aunt, Which is a really disgust to my family because they're like coffee connoisseurs. But I hate coffee. I'm a herbal tea girl. Oh. Herbal tea girl all the way. Love that
0: for you. I don't love that for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't know that you watch this TV series. So if you don't, don't worry about it. But favourite Kardashian and why?
1: Oh, I don't really watch it. I watched it like when I was younger. But I have to say if I had to pick, it would definitely be Khloe really like, me too I just love her straightforwardness like you know and she's just not I don't know I feel like she's not as superficial as the other ones yeah yeah but, um, I love I love her personality and yeah yeah if yeah. I had to
0: choose <laughs> I know I feel like she's just the one that just never took any shit and she just was always yeah. that badass kind of girl and I loved that
1: and I think she's just also really stay true to who she is too like she's really shown how like being in the public eye affects her and I, I think I love just that um vulnerability with her definitely
0: mm, beautiful favorite self-care ritual
1: oh gosh probably my morning gratitude journal yeah that's, that's a good one that for me is my it's my self-care yeah
0: do you just rattle things off like off the top of your head or do you have like a strict process where it's like one to three things or
1: yeah look I um I have a structure I write through like I write my mantras and affirmations and then I write something um three things that I'm internally grateful for about me um mm-hmm. and then three things that I'm externally grateful about my life and then I just do like a brief journal about what you know how I'm feeling and it could have be anything sometimes like I don't even know what I'm gonna write yeah and then I'll just be like I don't know what I'm gonna write but today I'm feeling and it will just come
0: So that's
1: that's, my basic structure, just what I
0: do. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that concept and idea, Um, the internal and external, because I think a lot of the time we just write the things we're grateful for, which can be really simple or more in depth, but like health, family, whatever that looks like. Um, But just going a little bit more inward and making it about yourself. I really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that was a really important part for me going through my journey, which is, you know, we'll get into later, but um, that was a really important part for me to reflect on, you know, internally what I love about myself. Mm, yeah. 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 So
0: let's dive in. Can you just share a bit of a snapshot into your life right now? We're going to go backwards, but before you go backwards, I just want to know what's going on for you right now.
1: Um, at the moment, I'm currently living in Egypt. i just working my business, the Wellness Coaching Collective and focusing on my health and, you know, wellness journey. That's my snapshot of where I'm right now. Um, yeah, I'm just thriving in life at the moment, and super busy building my business is just where my focus is at the moment. Um, like two key elements of my life is my weight loss and, and my business. so that's where. That's where I I am right now, yeah. Amazing.
0: I love that you said that you're thriving. Like I love that confidence and that backing in yourself. Like that is just something that so many women would hesitate to do, but you haven't. And I just love that about you, your confidence and how radiant you are, especially after all the work that we've done in NLP together. I feel like you had a huge transformation and shift through that. Do you feel like you have really
1: noticed that now? Definitely. And I think um, out of the NLP, it's brought so much more confidence out in me and to not apologize for the things that I want. Like, I, I, you'll remember this as like, I never even before NLP told anyone what I, what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you know, I was in education for over 10 years. I worked as a disability support worker. But I never was like, you know, I'm a health and wellness coach focusing on women transforming their mindset and aligning their health and their mindset. Like, I would never. After NLP, I'm like... This is what I'm doing. I love it. This is who I am. And watch me take over the world with it. Like I'm just yes. not apologetic anymore for it. Yeah. Fuck I just yeah. um and I just yeah. And it's not about being cocky or about anything like that. It's just about knowing that now, especially especially after NLP, mm. how much worth I have to offer the world and myself.
0: Yeah, and I think especially in the wellness space, it can be triggering when a woman of confidence um, walks in a room and doesn't apologize for her confidence. Like I think that if you can build community over competition, that is just something that will be so empowering, not only for you internally, but for the world around you and the people um, that you bring in as clients too. Like, yeah, a long time ago, it would have been intimidating for me to hear that from someone else and be like, oh, but triggering because it's a projection of what I actually want. Right. But now I'm like, fuck yes. Like celebrate that.
1: Mm. And that's so important too. like, I'm you'll, you'll notice like on my socials and things like that. Like I get in and I'm supporting other coaches and other women because everyone has a different story. Everyone has something different to offer and everyone has their own people. They're going to help and their own people they're going to reach, mm. you know? So it's so important that you're getting in there. You're sharing your confidence. You're, because when we kind of accept and give permission for ourselves, other people kind of go, oh, my God, like, yes. Like, and they start to kind of see that they can give permission for themselves too because they can see someone that they are relating to doing it, you mm-hmm. know. So I think that's really important to scaffold and support is, you know, and I was exactly the same as you. Like, I would have been super triggered by someone who was like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm loving it. And I was like, oh, you know, I would have been like, oh, you know, like, Okay, you know, beat beat your own drum kind of thing.
0: Now mm. I'm like,
1: get it. Fucking smash it. I don't yeah. know how I can swear, Whoops. sorry. No, swear <laughs> away. This
0: is a swearing podcast.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just like, I just I want to see you all succeed. Mm. Like I think as coaches, like when I look at my clients, I see them in their fullest potential. I see everything that they could possibly achieve. And I do that for other people too. Like, it's just innate in me. Like it's just, I don't look at someone and say, oh you know you've got no confidence this i'm like far out you've got so much to offer this world like and that's genuinely in my heart of hearts how i feel yeah i love that so much that's awesome ash and you and you would know that like yeah about like about me you you know you know me you've worked with me like
0: yes yeah. yeah 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 absolutely and i think that you should just be so proud and really honor yourself and celebrate yourself in that transformation in how you see the world and how you are able to just take life by the horns and go, you know what? I'm also going to support every single person that I see because giving love and giving kindness, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. So what you put yeah. out, you're going to attract
1: back in. 100%. And if you don't support other people because you're scared of what you won't get, mm. you're attracting all the things you won't get because that's where your mindset is. You know, so I'm, you have to have this abundance mindset of like, A, the right people will find you you know mm-hmm. the right people that you're supposed to help will find you Absolutely. and you send out all of those you know supporting i send messages to coaches all the time you know of like i can see that you're doing an amazing job or you comment on their socials or anything like that like there's always enough to go around and yeah support people 100 percent. oh i like, love that so much
0: <laughs> so let's go backwards a little bit now I want to know about Little Ash tell me all about her where did she grow up what did she do what did life look like for you
1: uh, Little Ash she was a little legend like <laughs> <laughs> she you know she was a very confused person but um so I was born in New South Wales good old Campbelltown Sydney mm-hmm. and um I grew up on the Gold Coast so that's where really all my formative years were till I was about seventeen. I grew up with my mom and um, my stepdad, um, her ex-husband, and with my siblings. We grew up in a very big family home. Like, um, yeah, it was very. (laughs) We had a very dynamic lifestyle. Like everyone and anyone, our house was like a halfway house. Like everyone would, everyone's lived there at some point. Um, I was a performer. I danced, my dance, acted, and sang my whole childhood. Really. And, yeah, I was very different from my little sister who's my only full-blood sister. I have other siblings that are half, but, like, half is nothing. Like, it's just – but she's the only full-blood I have and we could not be more opposite. <laughs> you know, she's very, like, out there and outspoken, amazing personality, beautiful human being. But um, she's a lot more outspoken and crazy than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had an amazing – I had a a rocky childhood through, you know, I went through a lot, um, but, and it was far from perfect, but I'm very grateful for it. Now as an adult, my mom did an amazing job raising us. Um, I'm eternally grateful for her every single day. She did the best she could with what she had. And um, yeah, I was very blessed in my, in my childhood. In in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, it was, it was tough, Um, but I'm very grateful for, to my mom and, and the life she she works really hard to give us, yeah.
0: Mm, I love that. So with your little sister, you just touched on that she was quite outspoken and you, go, you guys were almost opposites. Um, did you what? ever find within or do you look back now and reflect on your childhood as her outspokenness, if that's even a word, outspokenness maybe smushed you down a little bit and you felt like you had to go that little bit quieter because she was so big in your life?
1: No, I was all, I'm always been like quite a placid level, level-headed kind of person. Mm. Um, I, I was the older sister that kind of defended her and protected her a lot. That's and nice. um, she was just from, she was just, yeah, I don't feel like she ever shunted. I was definitely jealous of her growing up, like, because she got all the boys and, you know, as boyfriends and I had all male friends. And, um, and I was like really jealous that, you know, she was having boyfriends and I wasn't. But as far as like, kind of shunting who I was, I don't feel like that at all. Like we were just two or two very different people, and um mm. we thrive in two very different aspects of life. So yeah, the only um, reason I
0: ask is in reference to my two big girls. Um, so 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 totally different kids, and one they're both outspoken in their own ways. They both. Uh, very consuming in their own ways Um, but sometimes I notice I feel like one goes more inward because the other one's so big and I was like I wonder if that's a thing I haven't picked up before so it just sort of raised my mother antennas on the back of my head Um, yeah that's really, really nice that you can have so much gratitude for your relationships through childhood, mm-hmm. even though you just said like it was a little bit rocky and there were some moments for you that obviously shaped and conditioned a lot of your beliefs around the world. Um, but being able yeah. to reflect now and be like, no, mum works so hard and I am so grateful for that. That is just such a positive mm-hmm. attribute to your personality. So you should be really happy and proud of that.
1: Yeah, look, I've worked. Definitely really hard to get to this point. Like I've done a lot of work to reach that point of, of gratitude because there was definitely a time where I wasn't, you know, um, there was definitely a time where I really not, like, resented my mum but I've never resented her but just was like, oh, why did you do what you did, you know, like, in mm-hmm. regards to, even just in regards to her, her second marriage, you know, not getting out when she should have
0: mm-hmm. and just
1: realising that I was looking through the lens of a child, you mm-hmm. know, like, realistically i I was a kid and i had no understanding of what relationships were like and things like that so i've done a lot of work to get to the point of reaching that space of gratitude for for everything i've been through good or not so good
0: (laughs) yeah and i don't think there is a human being on the planet that hasn't victimized themselves when they've been hurt because that's what we are supposed to do It's now that we can learn and grow from that but even with events that might you know happen in your future it still is a natural response to be a victim and to project that onto other people in your life so
1: you're a child acting like a child you know with the emotional responses that you had like as an adult I had to forgive my child self for not like I felt like I had to have these adult reactions Mm -hmm. and had to think like an adult you know when I was 14 15 years old like I I didn't have the capacity to think as an adult. Mm. Like, Absolutely. So, Children don't. Um, no. So I just had to forgive myself and let that go of just feeling what, what standards I should have upheld as a child.
0: Yeah. And, like, I think back to me and the pressure that I put on my mum with her relationship breakdowns and things and, like, me telling her that, you know, break up with him, he's a dick, or, like, you know, don't don't leave this person, he's not a dick, and it's kind of like... What right do I have? Pull your head in, child. Like far out. Imagine I yeah. can just think now if my kids were telling me what to do and addressing me in that way, I'd be like, bro, you're not an adult. Like you've got no decision, no weight in this in this conversation. So it's really quite a normal thing to go through. I think as a child, if you have separated parents, um, and parents that remarry and things like that. Totally
1: natural. But it's kind of like all of us are a little bit fucked up from that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. My my parents' um, separation, even though it happened when I was young, had a huge impact on, you know, on the way I, mm-hmm. you know, saw men and, and the way I related to men as a child, definitely, mm-hmm. and, and even in my early 20s, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just
0: going into yeah. that a little bit, I know that you've had some emotionally, emotionally big relationships which have impacted you in, in
1: many different ways. Can you share a little bit about yes. that? Yeah, so I think it definitely stemmed from my childhood. Like my dad... Um, lived in Sydney and I, we saw him a couple of times a year and, um and my mum remarried and that relationship was quite, to, especially towards the end, was very toxic. And I really, as a kid had no solid foundations of what a healthy relationship looked like. Mm. I didn't know what, what real, like what it was supposed to be. And it, it's supposed to be different for everyone, you know, like it's not, I think we have this ideal fantasy in our lives. It's like we're supposed to look at someone and know that they're the person we're going to spend the rest of our lives with them. And, and for me, I took, you know, what I'd been through as a child and men not being around and not being present and not and, and leaving, that I took that into my adult, you know, adult life. And as a woman, I'm a very feminine woman, you know, and I really, in my relationships, I want to be the feminine. I, that's where I, I, I sit. But I always wouldn't allow the men to be the masculine because I felt like I, after seeing my mum have to step up, I thought as a woman, that's what I had to do in order to make a relationship keep going. Mm -hmm. So I got into a relationship with my ex-husband when I was 17, um, 17, 18, and we got married when I was 21. um, And we got into a space of just being it, being a routine. You know, we weren't thriving. We weren't, we were just existing. And I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel, I didn't feel needed. And um, especially in that relationship, that really formed the foundations of lowering my self-worth. And when I separated from my ex-husband, you know, and then started dating again and getting into another relationship, I just realised how um, I was accepting things that I never should have accepted in any relationships that I've been in between, you know, and um, I went through a lot of emotional things in my previous relationship that, um, you know, really knocked me. And that's where my spiral, like as a, I've always been overweight, like I was always overweight as a kid and all throughout, but that's when it started that I intentionally started to sabotage my body. That's when I really, um, noticed and felt like how much my what I was going through in my relationship was impacting the way I saw and valued and and felt about myself because yeah of what was happening in the, in at those times in, in those relationships, yeah.
0: You just touched on that you were overweight as a child when you were younger and things like that. Is that from environmental factors like just poor habits and things and not having the right education and information available in resources around with family and friends and things like that?
1: Not really. Like we didn't have a very unhealthy life growing up. Like I, So as a kid, I was pretty sick. I had epilepsy um, from when I was three and I was on medication from that time, you know, three to four times a day. Wow. So that really affected my metabolism. That affected the way my body processed food. Um, yeah, it does. And it affected the medication. I believe, I've got no scientific proof, um, affected um, my brain as well because I was on medication from so young. Like I was still developing and I was in these drugs into my body just to just to stop having seizures. Wow. Um, and when I... Yeah, so with that, and I would eat all the same as my siblings, like, mm. um, especially when I was young, like, as I got to a teenage, it changed a little bit, as you do. But, like, if you were to see my sister, like, she's, like, stick thing. She's got a six-pack, you know, and my cousins as well. Like, we grew up all together. Um, they're, like, my siblings, and they're all thin. You know, like, some of them, they float between, you know, my sister's probably a size six, a size eight, and... You know they all float between a size probably six to size 12 or 14, like they're all sit in that. So I'd, it was definitely not. I mean, could we have eaten it had we had better knowledge, better like the knowledge I have now? Absolutely, you know. We grew up, I grew up with eating like meat, veg, and a carb, like that was literally, yeah, you know, like the, it, was the, it was the 90s guys. Uh, yeah, so, me too, me too. Um, of course, we could have made better choices, but it definitely wasn't an environment where we had takeout all the time. Like if we were ever to go out, we've never really went to like fast food joints. It was always like a nice restaurant or, but it was never something that was really super present, mm. like fast food or anything in our lives. But um, yeah. yeah, so it was definitely most of it, especially as a child was from being, you know, sick and not my body, not processing food properly. Yeah.
0: I, in terms of my environment and how I grew up and how I was raised, we were the same. It was a meat and veg kind of dinner. And I remember McDonald's mm. being like the once a week after swimming lessons treat or whatever. And I have these key imprinted moments where I actually didn't know that I was over picking up where we left off because my internet rudely cut out and my laptop shut down. Um just touching on how I was saying to you about I actually didn't know that I was overweight until I was told by my best friend. And her brother mm. and i had no idea i was completely naive to the fact that i was at at any yes i knew my clothes were different yes i knew i wore different things to the other girls in my class yes i knew that i wasn't as fast i actually came literally dead fourth or fifth in every single race since kindergarten it was a strict order of operation if you came first second third and i always knew where i was placed right but I didn't know that I was overweight because I, I just wasn't exposed to that. We didn't have social media back then. We didn't. We looked at magazines. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember going to the hairdressers one time, I think I was 12, and I saw this photo of Jennifer Aniston. She had, like, the flick back hair, you know, the flick with the front fringe. Yeah. And I was like, I want that. Yeah. And I remember the hairdresser turning me around to the mirror and I burst into tears because I honestly thought I would look like her too. My hair would be blonde and yeah. I would just look like Jennifer Aniston. I just had no concept so like that's just how naive I really was to the real world, I suppose. And I think that socially, once I was told I was overweight, that just fucked me up. That's that's where the trauma started. And from there, there are so many other moments that I will never forget where then I got to a point, and I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this. I've touched on this on the podcast before, but I got to a point where I wanted to, I started making fat jokes, right, at myself. So I would make jokes about my own weight To anyone I was around, because I wanted them to know that I knew that I was unhappy and overweight. And that became my priority above having a conversation with people. I was so miserable and so unhappy. And I didn't know what I know now. And the whole self love movement and body positivity movement that is in our lives now, I wish I was exposed Mm -hmm. to then, because I feel like where, where we were as children or teenagers. It's totally different to where young girls are now and what, they, what resources they can utilise yes. and what they can view. Um, and I think that would have really reframed yes. my conditioning back then. Do you feel like that would have helped you as well?
1: I think I would have loved someone who stood up and was like, you know what, I accept and love my body. Mm. You know, like I definitely, because I'm much like you, um, for me, my weight became my identity. You know, it became a part of who I was. Like it was, you know, Ash or, you know, Steph's overweight sister or whatever. Like it, it was a part, of, it formed for other people, but as well as me, I mean, I guess my perception of other people, but as well as me, that my identity related so much to my body mm-hmm. rather than me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but now I think, yes, the girls are exposed to so much more in our days, but I feel like as... Our trauma of our generation starts to step up and be like, hey, we need to heal from this. Mm. It provides a platform and a space where hopefully it will be a little less more integral for our children. Yeah. Like yeah. the resources that are available now, um, and with social media the way it is, yes, it's it can be a really toxic, but it can also be a really beautiful platform to yeah. share and support people. Yeah. Um, so the, the exposure of what there is available now is so much more I feel. Um, but, yeah, definitely like it's, it, it was definitely ingrained in like I would make fun of myself and use those such, you know, strong words of I am, mm. which just formed that internal of, of what I, how I perceived myself and what I had to offer the world. So definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally resonate with that. So I do want to digress just a little bit into Egypt. You're living in Egypt. Or what? <laughs> like talk to me about what was behind this decision to leave the life yeah. here in Australia and then tell me about the process. What step did, steps did you take? What are you doing there? What does life
1: look like there right now? Tell me everything. So I'll go back to like before, obviously before Egypt. And so I was... Um, At a point in my life where I just wasn't okay. I was really stuck. I felt I hated who I was. Um, I've always, I had always put everyone before me and helped other people. And I remember this this specific time of like I was driving in my car to work one day and I looked at this oncoming truck and I was like, you know what? if I drive into that, am I driving it fast enough that if I had a head-on collision that it would kill me instantly? And that scared me. And I'd love to say that that thought process was only a one-off, but at that point in my life it was very regular. Um, But that specific moment scared me more because I actually could have done it. Yeah. Um, I really felt so... At the point where I was like, I felt like I had no other option than not not be here anymore. And so that's when I started to take action. Like I'd spent so much time hating who I was, just not just existing and and in this shell of what I wanted to be. And that's when I called my mom and I was in tears. I was like, you know, I'm gonna look into bariatric surgery. And, you know, I said to her, I just want to die. Like I hate myself. And I hate who I am. Like. You know, I hate what I look like. I hate my life. Like I just hated everything. And um, so I went in and looked into bariatric surgery and I was like, you know, this is a great option for some people, but I just didn't feel like it was the right choice for me. So I said to mum, you know, like, I don't know what else to do. Like I've tried losing weight before. And, and she said, look, Ash, I've been to a health retreat, like for a couple of weeks last year. And, you know, why don't you come and live here for six months? And and see how it goes and if it doesn't work then we can look into another option and I was like yep yep let's do it so Mm -hmm. I sold my car rented out my house um sold so many things that I own just to be able to facilitate coming here like I've had a lot of family support as well but um and six weeks later I was on a plane I had to like it was during COVID time um so I had to apply to the government to leave. I had to get a special, like, approval to leave the country, um, and I had to say, like, I had to state that I wouldn't be back into Australia within the next three months. So I really had to commit to myself because I, I wasn't going to be able to get back into the country even if I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if there, you know, there would have been a way the Australian government would have like not let me back into my own country. But um, I really had to make that commitment to myself, and so I got on a plane and. Um, my mum lives here. She runs a business over here. Uh, and, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Like, it's, I've been here since July last year and um, it's dramatically changed my life. It's a definite culture shock. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it's it's been as hard as the journey has been. It's been the best thing I've ever done. I don't regret it for a second. It's helped me transform my life into working towards and being the exact version of what I want like I mean we're always continuously growing and we're always evolving but um I've worked really hard to to get here and I'm, you know and I wouldn't have done that if I had to stay back home talk to me about your weight
0: loss
1: journey Ash oh I think in order to talk about that we have to go back a little bit so I mentioned earlier that I had epilepsy and um, I was plus size, you know, I had my whole life. It's how I identified myself. Um, it's the way I looked at myself. Uh, I had tried so many different, like I'd, I've tried like every diet in the book, like Atkins, Weight Watchers, Shore Slim, like light and easy, like, you know, like you name it, I've tried it. Um but my head just wasn't in the game. I did it for, because other people wanted to me be, because wanted me to. I did it because other people will worry about my health, and um, it wasn't really until I left my ex husband that I really started standing in that power of like need. You know, it wanting to be really something that I wanted to do. Um, so it all started for me uh, when I in 2000, January 2019. Um, when I started to take those little steps, and then um, I kind of spiraled down, and it became non-existent to what of wanting to lose weight. And then when I hit rock bottom of just either it having to be the choice that I made to live the life I wanted or not living at all. So um, that's you know that came to Egypt for that, and um, I just focused on getting my mind healthy first that for me was such an important part because when i wasn't okay in my head i wasn't okay like physically like i just it all starts with your mind i strongly believe so then yeah so i came to the resort i've we have a nutritionist here um, and a personal trainer personal trainers and i've been very blessed with support system i have had around me Um, and we made a goal of just like getting you know under a certain amount each time and when we hit that goal we hit you know we made it made a new goal so um my weight loss journey hasn't been hasn't been easy. I've tripped, I've fallen flat on my face, I've cried, um, you know, I've had hit plateaus um but I've never stopped because it's it's no and I'll you will have heard me say this with my business, but there's no choice but success for me. With yeah, it. you know, um, I think a really strong part of me focusing on my weight is for myself first and foremost, but also b- because of what it gives me at the end. You know, like I want, like everyone asks you your reason why, like why, what are what are the, why do you make the decisions you do? What is your what is your why? And for me, especially with my weight loss, is my kids, like being able to have kids, um, and be a mum. Um, is definitely my reason why. Mm-hmm. So that is the that is the thing I've held in internally. A, a feature of holding my own child has been the reason why, you know, my reason why, mm-hmm. um, and has kept me on track. Um, and if I've fallen off, I mean, I don't really think you can ever fall off track as long as you get back on your path. You know, like yeah, we all there's, no,
0: there's no. Um wagon to fall off and there's no physical wagon yeah. it's about choosing whether you show up
1: yeah and then showing up for yourself
0: yeah and then there's consequences if you don't show up and that looks like feeling
1: unmotivated
0: that looks like feeling out of routine yeah and that has its own yeah. ongoing impacts from there um total yeah. fuck your story is incredible like what you have done the action that you've taken the steps that you've put in place mm-hmm. the processes the pain all of these conscious action-led choices that you have made have not yeah. really empowered you, but I can guarantee have empowered the relationships that you have with the family and friends around you as well and the pride that your family and friends must have for you. And finally saying, mm. but, you know, before you couldn't do it because you didn't love yourself. How, how could the fuck, that, this could be quote of the day, guys, how the fuck can you show up for yourself if you don't love yourself? You can't
1: because yeah. you don't care. No. So no. As as and that's just, the thing. Yeah. That's totally a thing. Like you like I found like as a child, like my, my environment never really affected my body because like you know, like it affected my body in a way that we didn't eat really unhealthily. It wasn't until I got into my 20s and I was able to acknowledge that I hated myself that I really started sabotaging myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting into that horrible, horrible role of, you know, that stigma, they not stigma, the what do you call it, like this cycle of like not eating, starving myself, you know, and then binge eating and then making myself throw up. Like I just got into this cycle of just like, because that's how I felt about myself. Yeah, you and know, that's, like,
0: that cycle in the industry now is like what I, I've i reframed as wellness burnout because I've experienced it and obviously so have you, where you're trying everything mm. under the sun and the notion of diet being associated as well. That fucks us up because diet culture has yeah. fucked with us all. Absolutely it has. But for me... I hate that word. I, I do as well. And I didn't used to, and I used to be on all those different diets and fats, paleo, keto, this, that, whatever, carbs, no carbs, yeah. whatever thing that I've tried does mm-hmm. not work because I had the notion of diet, d- diet associated with it. And like right now, example, I can be addictive in a lot of my habits, but health isn't one of them in, in a relation to food. So I know that counting macros for me is actually a really healthy way to know what I'm actually putting in my body, because sometimes I just stop. It's not that I stop caring, but I stop focusing on it, and then I feel crappy in yeah. two weeks later, and I just know that I've overconsumed. So macros for yeah. me really just helps me go, "Well, you probably had enough today. Like, have a glass of water, Chris. Like, it's okay." And I've just yeah. reintroduced. Yeah. Like a couple of days ago, I've gone, "You know what? I'm just going to count macros again because that works for me." But I'm not saying I'm on a diet. Yeah. I'm counting macros. I'm just following something that works and. Making sure that I'm getting the right nutrients um, into my body. That's all I'm focusing on. And that will impact me in a positive way. But once you
1: say I'm yeah. on a diet, you're just setting yourself up for failure. But I think there's also that that view of a diet being a temporary thing. Mm, like you I was can't actually temporarily about to say that. <laughs> temporarily be healthy. Mm. You know what I mean? And and I was actually reflecting on your post the other like you posted on your Instagram about like glorifying obesity. Mm. It, it triggered me because i was like i feel like yes we there is a certain point to that absolutely but at what point do we stop saying it's about obesity and start talking about health mm. you know what i mean like it's you can be just as unhealthy as a slimmer person than you can be as overweight like you it's just about how your body works too oh, like, absolutely and that
0: I see, actually triggered a lot of people um i got a lot of dms which is interesting because it's the first time that i have um won't go too much into it because it wasn't my intention to trigger all of those people they basically called me ignorant and fat phobic which if you knew me you know that i'm not what i was framing it based on was um yes it, it, absolutely it can be a size six woman it can be size 16 it can be size 12 it's health and that's what the, that was kind yes. of my point it's that glorifying obesity in in the terminology that I used was these women on TikTok that are really quite overweight and they're advocating for eat what you want, love your body and, you know, eating these cakes and lollies and showing young girls how to binge eat and saying it's okay because I love myself. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. It's not okay to not eat on the other side. Like, don't eat. You can be skinny like we were 20 years ago. That was the in thing. I'm like, either end of the scale is irrelevant. Stop glorifying that obesity is positive in terms of health and stop glorifying anorexia is positive in terms of health because now there's this attachment to anorexia where it's like, oh, no, that's bad. But, yeah, in the movement of plus-size women, which I love, like I fucking love it. I love the curves, the lines, all the things. Like, give it to me. I am here for it because that makes me feel empowered. That makes the women in my life feel empowered. I want my girls to grow up feeling empowered by their shape and their size. And changing with their seasons of life, right? Um, yeah. But what I don't want is for them to feel that they can avoid health and binge eat and start disordered eating yeah. behaviours and justify yeah. that because they, they're saying yeah. that they're confident in their body. That's cool, but look after yeah. yourself.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, yeah, definitely. Like, I, And it, wasn't, um, it didn't trigger me because of the way you said it. It, it triggered me in the fact that it, as a society now, it's almost like, you know, you're unhealthy if you're overweight. It's like, yes, but you can be, yeah. But, like, I'm healthier and I'm still considered overweight. I'm healthier than the majority of the people I know. Yep. You know, the, the way I eat is so much more healthier. Like, I exercise every day. I eat healthy. Like, do, do I slip up? Not slip up. Do I live? Yes. 100%. Do I have sushi because it's my favourite food? Absolutely. There's enough of sushi, babe. (laughs) You know, you know, but like, I think we what needs to be the topic of our conversation with our children and our friends and everyone around us is that it's about fueling your body to live your most amazing life you can. Yeah. You know, and loving your body regardless. Like, it all starts with love. Like, if if you don't love yourself and love the temple that you've created, you're gonna treat it like shit. Absolutely. You, know, you need it needs to be it needs to be about health, you know, and so much more than about, you know, obesity and, and anorexia. It needs to be about general health and putting your into your good foods into your body because it makes you feel good and because you love yourself enough to treat it with respect that you wanna be here for the next however long that looks Abs- for you absolutely
0: and um, I think yeah like the glorification of
1: the i suppose
0: binge eating and like all this like i think it's very um generalizing here might be generalizing like 100 US, us based with the people that are put, keep putting this stuff on social media um yeah and putting up you know how much can you eat in an hour and stuff like that my girls want to go to the shops have said let's have an eating competition how fast we can eat all the food and i'm like that will make you sick and they're like we don't care and it's kind of like and and that barrier of hey have fun and food food, find food freedom like eat what you want and be happy but that's but then they'll show me the video and it's somebody body that's advocating for them to do something that is really unhealthy and that person doesn't look healthy and it's kind of like having that conversation it's a really tricky conversation to have but Mm. Either end of the scale, it's, it's totally irrelevant what size the person is. It's like you need to stop these disordered
1: eating behaviors. Yeah. And I think also looking at and being aware of the stigma that overweight people do face as well. Like I can tell you right now, when I used to walk into a shop with my best mate who is a size six, we used to get treated completely different. You know, like the stigma is there. And if you haven't been overweight, You will not know. Mm. You will not understand what it is like. Yeah, but but in saying in our society, like if we if I put up a post of me eating as much as I could, like I saw this video the other day on TikTok of this, you know, probably she was probably like a size six or eight, and she ate like um, two quarter pounders, a Big Mac, three cheeseburgers, four large fries, and like, um, like some ridiculous amount. And people were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, how do you fit that much into your body? Oh my God, like rah-rah rah. If a plus size person or an overweight person does that, it's like you're you're you know glorifying obesity, you're fat, you're this, you're that. That is that is what we face, mm. you know, is that someone who's who's skinny, it's like, oh, you can you can do this. Like not saying that they don't have their own things to deal with, because clearly they do. Mm. But the stigma in our society is, you know, is, is so toxic of, you know, what health looks like. And it's like just because you're overweight, you're unhealthy. But you can be skinny and unhealthy too. And absolutely. People, my,
0: like this, there's people that are naturally thin builds. And once they, oh, if they can't overexercise because they do go underweight, like their bodies and sizes and how you move your body and all those things come into play and judging or assuming someone's story based on a photo or a, or a video is incorrect. So I might even have fucked myself up with that post because I was I was judging on people's videos that I've seen and I've only seen them and I don't yeah. know them personally, but what, from what I could tell in the portrayal that then was leaving on my kids in my own house, um, mm-hmm. that's where I suppose I was like, this is not okay, this information is misleading, this is not cool for yeah. them to be seeing and wanting to participate in. Um, but I think like there is people that look like they are, they're going to F45 three times a week. They're showing up, right? But they're also going and doing ketamine on a Friday night and having a ball and eating yeah. crackers for six meals of their weekend. They're not healthy. Yeah. They're just showing up at the fad that they've been told that they need to go to with their friends. Like that doesn't make mm. someone healthy that they're just participating and they're a particular size. What, what makes someone healthy is their fucking heart health. How you know, their movement, their water, like there's so much more that contributes.
1: Yeah. And also too, like I think my which is one of the biggest things I of the messages that I spread is that your the way you choose to be is of no you don't owe anyone an explanation. Mm. You know, like your body, your choice, you know, just make sure that you're living authentically to who you are. You know, so and I I think so much is that it's a choice, you know, like it's it comes down to choice and being who you are. And if that's how you choose to live, I, I don't, that's no skin off my nose. Mm. You know, like if you choose to, um, you know, and this is one of the things that I talk about a lot is that if you choose to live in the body with who you are and that that is someone who's plus size and, you know, who's doing all the things they want to be doing, that's great if that's what you want. I'm not here. I changed because I wasn't okay with who I was. That's why I changed. You know, I wanted different and I wanted more. I'm not saying because I'm like, and I think we'll talk about this later, I've changed, like I used to be plus size confessions and I've changed my name now on my socials because that's not how I wanna, wanted to identify myself anymore and that's mm-hmm. not how I represent myself. Yeah. Does that mean that, I'm, that I don't love the plus size community? Absolutely fucking not. I support them. I hear them. I love them. Whoever you are, you are whole enough and worthy exactly how you choose to be. That is my message. You know, so I think it's so important that, you know, I, I don't look at you and go, oh, you know, I wouldn't be doing X, Y, Z. I look at you and go, you know what? She's fucking amazing. Like who, right who, back at yeah. as, a, as a human being, I look at you as a human. I don't look at your body. Like I have people here that say to me, you know, oh, such and such looks like they've lost so much weight over this time. I couldn't tell you what they look like before, like because I don't look at people's bodies like that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, yeah, so I think my biggest thing is just recognising that it's a choice and if that's how they choose to be, as long as we instil in our children to live authentically who they are and make choices that they want to make and fuel their body in the right way, that is what we need to do. Absolutely. You know, not... Um, yeah, like not comparing themselves to others. I mean, it, it happens. You know, like nobody's perfect, but I think if we can instill in our generation and the generations to come that you need to feel your body in the right ways and, and in a way that feels good for you. You mm-hmm. know, like for me, being on a low-carb diet, it makes me feel better. You know, my, I've got more energy. Like I feel less bloated and all of that. But for some people, you know, and I'm a weightlifter, so but for some people it might be having a little bit more of a high-carb diet might make them feel great. Great. Do what works for you. Mm. Find what works for you, thrive, and live the fucking most amazing life you want. Yeah, if I think you
0: deserve it. And that's certainly something that I advocate for is finding what works for you and your life because nothing, no one's life's the same to the next person. No one wants, no one finds joy. And you know, I, I personally I like weightlifting as well, but more so conditioning style. So where I am can't think, can't speak just trying to breathe and get through it for whatever time I have to get through it that's my vibe but that's not for everyone people don't love that i joy in that like I literally am like getting me there every day to that moment where I'm just dying and I love it but that's again not for everyone and that's okay we need to stop comparing what movement like what type of whatever health looks like for you is what it looks like for you, whether that's pain, 100%. pain keto, weight watches, whatever's, whatever you're doing and it feels really good and you're not and you're reframing it not being a diet. So it's never a diet. It's just how you live your life and finding what
1: health looks like. It's a lifestyle and it's sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually
0: yeah. is my whole message around my wellness reset group is simple, yeah. sustainable, healthy habits. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, whatever that looks. And that's what we go through. Yep. And we find what works for each person. So I love that. We seem to align very well on our on our missions and messages, which I just love, Ash. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like for me, and even like the people I, I've met here is like for me, healthy looks like walking every morning for my mental health more than my physical health. Mm. But for me, getting into the gym, like doing deadlifts, bench press, like all of the, you know, and lifting heavy weights is looks healthy for me I do I do yeah not a lot and I do boot camp style workouts like I do my workout is very different to what other people do Mm. but it's okay because it's what works for me yeah you know it's sustainable for me and it makes me feel good and I want to get up and I want to walk every morning I want to go to training like I love my personal training and my one-on-one sessions with my coach like I it makes me love and appreciate my body for so much more. Like I had four four months out with an injury where I couldn't deadlift and I couldn't do any any lower body, any, you know, back, nothing. Back squats, nothing. Deadlifts, nothing. I had a knee injury and it was four months of just being patient with myself and finding other ways to, you know, work out and things like that.
0: Mm. But
1: I had to find other ways that worked for me. But the most important thing was that it worked for me. You know, and that's so important. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's amazing, Ash. You're doing so good. Like it's such a journey for you and a transformation. And I I love just how far you've come in such a short space of time. Like can you imagine this time next year how far yeah. you'll be in terms of your self-love and how you're feeling and your energy like
1: far out. That's insane to even yeah. think about, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like Even if I look back 12 months ago, Twelve months ago, Ash, like people were like, "Oh, you know, you must be feeling really depleted and 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 things like that." And I'm like, you know what? Twelve months ago, Ash was fucking strong. Because if she wasn't, I wouldn't be here now. You know, I wouldn't be 50 kilos lighter. I, you know, I wouldn't be any of those things that I've done if it wasn't for 12 months ago, Ash, for taking those leaps and steps. And it, you know what? It was friggin' hard. Mm. You know, and um. But the next 12 months excites me. Like we we talk a lot in the coaching space about what your optimal life is and what your ultimate life is and how that looks for you. And for me, like doing what I'm doing now in the coaching space, focusing on my health, working towards having a strong, positive relationship and having a family, that's my ultimate life. Like I don't want the rich and like the, you know, to be the number one coach in the world and, and, you know, famous and doing all of this stuff. Like, I just want to help people that, you know, that resonate with my story. I want to live a happy, healthy life with my, you know, and have kids and have a beautiful home. And um, so I can't, the next 12 months for me are unlimited. Like, it's just, it's all about working towards what my, my goals and um, I'm excited. Like, the next 12 months I will hit those goals of where I want to be with my body. Yeah. And then, you know, like for me, my big goals is is just getting to a space of intuitively eating, and mm. not like I I don't want to get to a space like for me because it doesn't work is is counting calories and things like that. Yeah, loads of
0: people. Is, loads of people doesn't work for sure.
1: Is not is not doesn't work for me. Mm. I want to get to a point where I trust my body enough to know what it needs to nourish it, mm. and that is a goal for me. Yeah. So next yeah. twelve months are amazing. Yes.
0: This is so good, Ash. It's so empowering to hear that, like just the confidence that you, you say that with such knowing, which is so fucking epic. It's so
1: exciting. You should be so proud of yourself. I am really proud. I've worked. I used to feel really guilty for saying that. Like oh. I used to be like, oh, like I won't, you know, like won't play up how actually how proud I am of myself. Mm. But I'm fucking proud because I know exactly what it took to get to where I am and it's not been easy. Mm. Mm. It's been a a long, it's been a lifelong journey for me. Um, But I'm fucking proud of how far I've come. That's awesome. Because it's led me to where, to being in a space where I feel comfortable and confident enough to then put myself out to help other people.
0: And I'm a, like,
1: I don't know if you know much about human design, but I'm like a projector. I'm a projector, I'm a mental projector. So I make up like 2% of the, or 3% of the population. Yeah, yeah. And my whole whole goal as a human being and is seeing others succeed. You know, like that is what gives me purpose is helping others and seeing them succeed. That is like, for me the most epic thing yeah ever. Yeah. Like I want to see you all you like just completely smash your goals, live this life and just thrive. (laughs) You know, like I know we use that word so much, but it just encompasses so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: That's that's amazing, Ash. I've got one more question before we close out this beautiful conversation. If you could give a
1: woman starting their health journey any advice, what would that be? It would be your journey is your own. Own it, love yourself, and work towards the things that you want for you, mm. not because I. It's something other people think you should be doing. Do it for you. Your story matters. Your journey matters and you matter. And do what makes you you and just love who you are. Like just take the steps that you want to for you and however that looks like. Like it's everyone is so, it sounds so dicky saying it, but like I truly believe it. Like everyone's journey is special. Like, your story matters. So,
0: That's really beautiful.
1: Yeah. Really beautiful. You know, I like, wish. I think that that's why so much with the Wellness Coaching Collective that I want people to, if you need support and help with aligning your health and mindset, reach out. Like, I'm there, you know, I, and, I've, and I've lived it, mm. you know, like, and that's what makes me qualified to help you. <laughs> Mm, is that not only do I have the qualifications the certificates but I also have the experience and the journey to know what works for me and to share that and unlock all of the greatest potential inside those other people yeah so that's,
0: that's awesome I'm going to put all of your details in the show notes of this episode thank you thank you thank you it has been just epic to hear your story i have heard it before but just in the depth that you've shared today and being so vulnerable and open and i just appreciate you so much thank you so much for coming on the podcast today
1: ash thank you so much for having me and allowing me the opportunity to share oh
0: you are so welcome Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.